Hello and welcome to another episode of the Book Baby Spotlight Podcast, your home for conversations with authors, illustrators, editors, and other industry insiders from the world of self-publishing. Sorry to say we missed a couple of weeks there, uh, but we're back again today uh, with a new episode, albeit still from quarantine. Uh, joining me today is Julie Bedingfield, owner and manager of Inkwood Books in Haddonfield, New Jersey, one of the closest indie bookstores uh, to the Book Baby headquarters. She shared with me their strategy for book selling in the age of COVID, as well as what she looks for and expects from the authors who want her to sell their books. Julie, thanks for joining me. Thank you. So, uh, first of all, I just want to make sure that you and the Inkwood book staff are all safe and well. We are, thank you. So, you guys are doing curbside pickup now? We are. just Well, just me right now. I haven't brought the staff back in yet. But, um, yes, we're doing curbside pickup. We're still shipping, and we're still doing local delivery. And how long have you guys been shut down for? Uh, almost two months, since the 21st of March. Yeah, it was about when we switched to the remote working. We actually shut down a little bit before that, actually, about five days before that, I decided to close the shop to browsing because it just got a little bit scary. You know, we didn't know mm -hmm. what was happening. It was hard to control people in the store. So we closed the shop about five days before the governor ultimately shut us down. So how does the curbside pickup work? People are still well, placing their orders by calling you or... Uh, we're doing it by email or calling, um, okay. and then we still have our website. The website links to a warehouse so that it's not necessarily what we have in stock. So it's mostly people are calling to say, hey, do you have this book? And then, you know, we take a credit card over the phone. We try to get everything prepaid, and then we just have a library card out on the curb mm -hmm. um, so people can come pick up their book touch list. Right now, it's just inside the door since it's raining, but um, we try to make it all as touchless as possible. Um, you know, we've been shut down for two months, so our inventory is a little low, so we're sort of ramping up. So it's nice for people to be able to figure out what we have in stock and what we don't. Calling is actually the best because we actually can have a conversation with someone. And, you know, unless they know what they want, sometimes that's easy if they just know what they're looking for. But a lot of times what we do as an indie bookstore is we help people figure out what to get. And so being able to have those conversations again you know, my eight-year-old son just finished a book. What else do you have that he might like? Those are the kinds of things that we do well and we've been missing for two months. So mm. at least doing the curbside allows us to have those conversations with people again and try to um, match the right books for people. Great. So how are new releases working out? You said two months closed. Does that mean <laughs> you're just putting all of them off now that they are ready to go Well, out? it depends on, um, you know, some of the publishers are pushing back pub dates. So um, a lot of that has changed depending on the book, particularly the ones, the more high profile books, the um, publishers have pushed some of those down, but then some haven't. The new Hunger Games book came out on Tuesday when it was supposed to. So it really, it's all over the place in terms of, you know, publishers making those decisions. Um, so we are getting them. We're not always getting them timely. Um, normally we would get all the books before the pub date and we'd have it ready now, some we do, some we don't. It really depends on the publisher. They're kind of all over the place in terms of how they're handling things. Um, so it's hit or miss. <laughs> and But we're, we're getting there. They're, they're starting to catch up. Some of the wholesalers, uh, you know, they were overwhelmed when this first started because all the bookstores went online at the same time. Right. And uh, now they're starting to catch up. So the shipping times have gotten a lot better as well. 
I think in another couple of weeks we'll be pretty caught up. So are you working with uh, the new bookshop.org on that? We have our own website. We always have okay. um, that has an e-commerce platform. We do have, um, we are a member on Bookshop. Um, that's a fairly new platform, mm -hmm. but we mostly promote our pers our own website. I think we just have a little bit more contact with the customers that way. Um, Bookshop's great, and it's certainly been a lifesaver for the stores that didn't have an e-commerce platform when this started. They were able to jump on that quickly. But for us, we already had kind of an established program, and um, that way we are really connecting with those customers uh, more directly. Right. So you guys opened in 2015? Yes. So it kind of makes you part of this renaissance of locally owned bookstores that, that I think was taking off for a while now. Yeah, and yeah. now seems to be a bit on hold. How were you able to find a niche in, in the time of Amazon? Um, you know, I live, live here. I've lived here in town for 15 years. My sister owned the original Inkwood Books in Tampa, Florida. Um, before I opened my store, um, her store is actually now closed. But um, at the time, you know, I couldn't find in any bookstore here. I had moved here from North Carolina where there's several indie bookstores. And I thought it was unusual that there weren't any in this whole area. And finally, I was just looking to change careers. And my sister had this great bookstore. And I kind of on a whim decided to you know, work with her to open a bookstore up here. And I just think it was a niche that needed filling. Mm -hmm. I figured if I felt that way, there had to be other people in this very densely populated part of the country that were creating an indie bookstore. And don't want to go all the way into Philly for that. Don't want to go into Philly or North Jersey. And, you know, it, I mean, the one thing about it's small indie like mine, it's really a community bookstore. I mean, mm -hmm. people do travel to some degree, but most of the people that our regular customers just live around here and they want a place that they can pop in and get a book or pop in and talk to somebody or bring their family when they're visiting for Thanksgiving. Um, it really is a, just a community bookstore. And I think that's the niche that the Indies have been filling. And I think we'll fill again. Okay. So you're optimistic. <laughs> I am. I wouldn't have lugged all these books across the street if I weren't. <laughs> that's right. So you, you said you were in the process of moving? We just moved. So we moved okay. in the middle of a pandemic, which I would not recommend. Um, just across the street, we were moving um, diagonally across the street to a bigger space. And I, I mean, at the, at the time when this whole thing started, we were already planning to move. And I had doubts. I really, I sat with my husband and my staff and talked it through. And I thought, this is crazy. Why are we going to move to a bigger location? We're shut down. The future is uncertain. But we had such great response from the community already just ordering online or reaching out to us and saying, how can we help you? I mean, I think there was a pretty quick uh, turn on people looking at their local businesses and saying, oh, no, this is terrible. They're all shut down. What can we do? And we had just such a great response for the community that that gave us just enough hope to think we can ride this out. Mm. Um, so that's what we're doing. We're writing it out and uh, we're hoping, you know, my thought is, do I want to be here in two years and how am I going to get there? Do you have an answer? <laughs> um, not exactly, but you know, we're just going to we, work we, in progress. <laughs> it's a work in progress. You know, we're trying to keep promoting things. We're trying to remind people we're still here. Mm. We still try to provide really good customer service, even though we're doing it remotely. So any way we can find to help you know, do what we do. We've sort of been talking about how do we do what we do in the store without people being in the store? 
And so, you know, we've done FaceTime shopping with customers who can, you know, we've done phone calls with customers. I lay books out and take pictures and email them to people. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that we really do. Um, if someone already knows the book they want, we can get it to you. We can deliver it to you. We can deliver it to your mom. Um, so we're just trying to do as much of that as we can, even though people can't come in here. Makes a lot of sense. Hopefully you guys keep that, that loyal fan base in place. Yeah, the book industry, too, has been wonderful. I mean, I think between the publishers and the book associations and the authors and the publishers, there's just been a lot of people reminding um, reminding readers to go to their indie bookstores. So I think... Plus, you've um, got a lot of time to read. <laughs> people are reading. Oh, that's the other thing. A lot of people are home reading. A lot of people, parents are trying to get their kids off their devices. So they're, you know, wanting to find books for them. So, I mean, if I can get a book to them, they certainly have time to read these days. Well, what are you reading? Right now I'm reading Circe. It's our um, book club book. So. so you guys have a book club at the store? We do, yes. Virtual meetings now? Yes, we've done one so far. Um, I was skeptical about it, but it actually went well. We've had a pretty good core group of people for five years, so it was actually really nice to see everybody virtually. And um, so we'll keep that up for now, and we're trying to figure out if there's any other virtual type events that we want to add. Were you doing author events before all this? We were, yeah. I mean, we've always done a lot of, we do a, about an event a week. Um, we do off-site events, in-school events, in-store events. Um, so, yeah, all that's come to a screeching halt for now. Um, and that's a tough hit. Like, this time of year, we do a lot of school events, and all those were canceled. Um, we usually do the book selling for all the events at the Cherry Hill Public Library, and most of those have been canceled. Some of those they're doing on Zoom now, so we've been involved in that. But, um, yeah, that's hard to miss a lot of those events. Uh, so I guess one of the things that I think our listeners will find really helpful is learning more about how to set up author events. So I think uh, <laughs> assuming that that's a thing <laughs> that occurs someday in the future. Someday uh, in the future, yeah. <laughs> so how uh, would you handle an author walking into your store and saying, I have this book? You know, what, what's the next step? What do you want to hear? Well, honestly, the first step is... If you're walking in with your book, we probably ought to have seen you before. So the most important thing I would say for local authors, particularly self-published authors, is to develop a relationship with your local bookstore before you go in there trying to sell your book. I mean, it just because I'll tell you, we get, I mean, not right now, but before this, we used to get three or four requests a week. Mm. And it's hard to filter through all that. And, and, and doing events and selling self-published books is kind of a different a whole different process for us. So it helps a lot if we have a relationship with you. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's a relationship is the way I look at it. It's not a one way thing. So, you know, you support us, we support you. So if I've never seen you before, and you come in and you toss your book on the counter, it's a lot harder for me to go, oh, yeah, that's great. Well, it's, you know, because I can't do them all. And it's also helpful for the author to already have an idea of who we are, what we do, what kind of book events we have. If you don't know my name or, you know, I've had authors call and ask for my name and email address. And I think, well, geez, you could Google that. Mm -hmm. So you haven't done your homework before you even called. So that kind of thing is super frustrating. There's tons of information out there. There's all our social media. Have a sense of whether your book's a good fit for our store based on 
all the info that's out there publicly that you can look at. Um, because just it, it helps us know that you're doing your work and we're doing our work. And then we can sort of have a relationship. So what key things are, are you listening for when they walk in with a pitch? They have an elevator pitch ready for you. Well, I'll tell you, I usually, I usually tell them we, on our website, there's a form for that. So the first thing we do is say, please don't leave your book. I mean, honestly, I would have stacks and stacks of books. Right. And we're not going to read them. I don't even read the ones that the mainstream publishers send. There's too many books. In <laughs> so I don't want, we have, that's why form. you're selling them to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, and, and I don't want to waste your book. You know, you mm. might probably spend a lot of money on that book. So I don't want to just put it in a stack that's going to end up in a recycling bin. So we have, a form and a lot of bookstores do on our website that has all the information we need from independent published books. And that way we can manage it. We get an email. It has all the information on there. Um, and a lot of the questions have to do with, you know, what's your connection locally? What's your connection to Inkwood? Because we found that the events that do well are the people that have local connections somehow, whether they're from here or they have a lot of friends and family here or the book had some sort of local interest. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if it's just some random, excuse me, my hat flew off. If there's some random book that there's no connection, it's a lot harder to have a good event. Just because, you know, people see it posted doesn't mean they'll come. They're not going to come just because we said, hey, we're having an event. There has to be some connection. Um, and that's why, again, I say having a relationship with us really helps because, you know, my booksellers and I can say, oh, this is a local author, so-and-so, they live down the street, and we have some story because we know them. And that helps us also sell the author and sell the book and sell the event um, because we actually know who you are. We were talking to one of our authors for the podcast, and they, they were saying how the, the main thing that they're looking for is a recommendation from the person who's selling it. You know, once yes. they know your book, know what it's about and know what, it, what it's similar to then they're going to do the work for you. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we will hand sell a book that we love. But the 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 trick is getting us to read it in the first place. Right? <laughs> I mean, honestly. So, yeah. you know, you think about if on a good day, I read a book a week. All my booksellers read a book a week. There's only four of us. So of all the books in the universe, that's how many books we're going to read or half read. You know, we don't always finish them. Um, so the trick is how do you get us to read the book? And that, again, goes back to in large part, having a relationship with us to make us want to read it. Have you ever been in a situation where a, a local author who was a loyal customer had a book and you were just like, oh, no, we're not interested. It just wasn't good enough to, to, for you to put your stamp of approval on. We, we probably 90% of the books we don't take. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because we can't. There's too many. I mean, I, I mean I'm just being honest. There, there are so many that, right. I mean, but I say that about any self-published, independently published, or traditionally published. I mean, we 90% of the books out there, we don't bring into the store. So it's not personal necessarily to a self-published or local author. I have to, I sort of look at it objectively. Can I sell this book to anybody? It doesn't matter if you're James Patterson or whoever. I, you know, I don't take a lot of his books either because they don't sell here. And then I look at the book it has to look good i have to be able to put it on the shelf next to every other book in my store and you know if it doesn't have the name on the spine or it doesn't have a barcode or it doesn't look like it has a weird font 
things like that. Like if it just looks self-published, it doesn't sell as well. It's complicated. It's also um, getting the books. You know, I have to buy the book. Usually I buy it directly from the author. So if you think the logistics of that, I buy one book from one person as opposed to 500 books in one transaction. So I have to figure out how many of those one-on-one deals do, can I just manage as a person? It's a, it's a lot to manage. So it has to be good. Usually the authors that have the best events that are local authors um, have you know, a good following, whether it's friends or family. Like I won't take a book if it's more than six months old. Um, and that's true for any book. Unless, like, even the bestseller, it has to keep selling or it goes back. So um, all the books in our store, our computer, we look at it every month. And if it's been here for six months and it hasn't sold, it goes back. So that's not particular. That's for any book. So if your book came out two years ago, we probably won't bring it in. If your book is new and you have, you know, a local, your local friends and family haven't bought it yet, and this is your first event, You know, the other thing is, are you doing five events in the area and, you know, you're at Barnes and Noble and you're at Wegmans and you did a thing at your house and you went to your local library? Well, I don't need to be your fifth event in the same area. So I'll look at that. And then how much the author themselves are willing to do. The the author usually sells their event way better than we do. So if you have a good following or you're willing, you you come in and you say, I'm going to do these 10 things to get people to come to my event then I'm much more likely to go, oh, okay, this looks like someone who's willing to do the work, not kind of relying on me to do it because it just doesn't work. I don't really even know why. If I just put an event out there and nobody knows who you are, it generally has low turnout. I think that that's interesting. What other, uh, you, you said the author needs to do the work. What other work would be involved apart from getting people to come? Um, just promoting it. Um, yeah, I mean, getting people to come is the big thing. And also putting um, links to their local bookstore on their website. You know, if you're, if you're promoting, hey, buy my book on Amazon, and then you're asking me to do an event for you, yeah. I'm going to look at that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first things I do when I get that form in. I look up the, I, every single book. I look it up. I look at their website. You know, I look at their social media. And if you're telling everyone to go to Amazon, I, I'm probably not going to respond. Not respond at all. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of need to keep always be being building the community. So that, always you know, building the, the community. This. Yep. And it is, some authors will send me an Amazon link to look at their book, and those I don't even look at. <laughs> Fortunately, I cannot do the same. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that uh, once this is all over, we can get some book baby authors your way for events. And, yeah, I uh, hope so. I mean, we are trying to build. I mean, actually, before all this. We were trying to build an indie press and a local section in the store. I'd actually painted a couple shelves a different color, and I was working with some local indie presses, and we were going to try to do some sort of indie press event. Um, And I'd still like to get back to that if, you know, once we can have people in the store again. So I certainly, I, you know, I want to be available with, for indie books and indie presses. It's just, it's a lot harder to manage. So we just have to figure out how to do it well. And it's going to be hard without being able to have people in the store. Absolutely. Uh, you want to plug that website one more time? Inkwoodnj.com. Thank you so much for your time. All right. I appreciate it. And 
And again, that was Julie Bedingfield of Inkwood Books. Thanks to her and good luck to Inkwood Books. To place an order with them, check out inkwoodnj.com or find them on Facebook. Before I get going, just want to remind you to subscribe, like, follow Radar Podcast on whatever platform you're using. Thanks again to our guest, Julie, as well as our producer and frequent customer, Brian Lipsky. Until next time, this has been the Book Baby Spotlight Podcast. I'm Sam Saddam. Stay safe, everyone.